Welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all of the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're here because we believe that motivation is not something that some people have and others don't. Motivation is for regular people like you and me. Motivation is something that we all possess. It's something that we use every time that we make a decision. What separates someone who is pursuing their goals and finding success and someone who feels like they're just not that motivated is not a lack of motivation, but it's an awareness of what truly motivates them and how they can use that knowledge to reach their full potential. So we're so excited that you're here. I hope that you will subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. We release a new episode every Thursday, and if you subscribe, you'll always have new episodes in your Apple Podcast app or your Spotify or Google or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today we have Annie Delray on the show. Annie is a nationally board certified health coach. She's worked with hundreds of clients in the past. I think she actually says at one point during the episode that she's worked with over 600 people. And so Annie has a lot of experience having conversations about motivation and she's especially passionate about helping people achieve greater confidence, wellness, and success in their lives. This is a fantastic conversation. I can't wait for you to hear what Annie has to say. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into my conversation with Annie Delray. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for this conversation. You know, I was looking at your website a little bit before we got on this call, and I noticed that you do a lot of work in the realm of stress and time management. And I think those are super important topics. I'm curious what drew you to research those things and put out content that helps people with each of those. Uh, So One is I know a lot of people are suffering with it. Like, that's just a flat out answer. I know that is, it's probably the most common struggle. Like most people can relate to it. Also, I graduated with my master's um, in 2020 for integrative wellness coaching. So like think COVID. So just as I'm graduating, Uh, And writing like a 20 page paper on the effectiveness of health coaching for stress and anxiety, then bam, it's like COVID is a thing, lockdown. Um, My program was online, so I was already doing online work. And I was like, well, I can serve a ton of people right now. Uh, So that's why I picked that. And then what I found is time management is what leads to the stress because of their... um, lack of mindfulness around time or prioritizing is is leading to additional stress so i just i just want to serve people i've served hundreds of people like i'm very i'm very excited to announce that i've coached around like 600 people oh wow but yeah i i mean this is my life hence like taking a three-year master's program on it right like who spends that much time on something unless um well ideally you'd be using your degree um, in some sense. So yeah, I would just say like, this is a huge problem. It's affecting other areas of life. I like to, this is like a bit of an extreme word, but cancer, it's a cancer that bleeds mm. into all areas of your life. And if it were, if you were to learn coping techniques, or if you were to have like a bit of handholding in the beginning, it would make all the difference. 
Yeah, absolutely. 600 people. That's, that's hard to imagine. That is a lot of people and all around these same topics. It makes me wonder when you think about all of those people that you worked with, what are the two or three mm -hmm. most common problems or issues that you see in regards to how people manage their time? Uh, overbooking, like specifically with, let's say like meetings during the day. Uh, yeah, overbooking, prioritizing, just like, what am I going to spend my time on? And more importantly, how much time am I going to spend on it? And I would, I don't know if this is kind of like, kind of like the same thing, but just overwhelm, not being crippled, not even knowing where to start. Um, and being just super, just being super overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me think about this book. Carrie Newhoff wrote a book a year or two ago called At Your Best. I think it came out after COVID because like you're saying, everything changed after COVID in terms of, you know, people may have been experiencing this problem to an extent before, but, you know, stress, all of these things just accelerated during that time. But in At Your mm -hmm. Best, Carrie Newhoff talks about time management, but he argues that time management is only part of the equation. We have to manage our time, but we also have to manage our energy. And then as you talked about our priorities as well, because if those things are mismanaged or if we lack awareness on how each of those topics impacts mm -hmm. us, then we set ourselves up for like you're talking about overwhelm, overbooking, even burnout, I would argue. A thousand percent. And and the idea of like, yeah, building awareness around it. Like, for example, I teach a lot about uh, healthy sleep patterns or like, excuse me, um, healthy sleep hygiene. That's a big one. And people don't realize like that affects you in every way, shape or form. That's affecting you mind and body. And if you were, because what I, I don't like to do like a total overhaul overnight. I like to like work on one thing at a time. We'll usually will only work on one goal at a time to give it our full attention. And we may just be working on sleep and it could be this week you're going out and buying blackout curtains so that you could do it, or you're going to try uh, earplugs. Um, I was going to say something else to that. And now I forget. <laughs> was there an original question? Like, if I oh, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm just so captivated now by what you're saying that I can't I remember like, what I what asked are... before, but I I'm sure it'll come back to you. I know one thing I was kind of wondering as you were talking, so obviously you have a lot of experience in these areas. You've worked with people on these concepts. How does this manifest in your own life? Like, have you always had stress and time management down or was this something where you kind of had to struggle and learn some hard lessons and that, you know, influences your passion now for helping other people? Oh, totally. Cause I struggled with it. I mean, I was, uh, as I mentioned, I got my bachelor or excuse me, my master's. So obviously I had to get a bachelor's before that. And I always work like since high school. And when I was earning my bachelor's, I was working like four jobs. And then in my master's, I was working a full-time job um, and the part-time job. So my schedule was crazy. It was like class, babysit, class, uh, go to the fitness studio, work class go to the assisted living center and work like i was just all over the place and just trying to get my act together 
what I found was a common problem was it was just normalized to be stressed. It was like, well, you're a student and you work full time, or even if you were a student alone, it's stressful or, uh, you know, you're just figuring it out. You're in your early twenties. This is, this is life, but that's not true. That like, that's just simply not true. Uh, but again, you don't know if you don't know. So someone saying even like, this is uh, a bit in your face, but even someone saying like, you're the cause of this. And I don't mean that to be sassy. What I mean is this is actually super empowering because that means you can fix it. Um, and also a huge theme that I teach clients is what can you control and what can't you control and focus on what you can control. And you're spending a heck of a lot of time worrying about what you can't control. So take that out of the equation and you're going to start feeling much, much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I read the seven habits of highly effective people for the first time this year. And I've been telling people that I was 30 to 40 years late to finally pick it up because it, you know, it's an older book, but it's fantastic. It's an older book. And he talks, I think it's in one of the first few chapters about the circle of concern versus the circle of influence. And it's very easy for us to get lost in the circle of concern, which is the things that worry us, the things that stress us out, but ultimately the things that we have no control over. And that's wasted energy, right? We're better off looking at our circle of influence and spending the majority of our time and energy on the things where we can impact, you know, ourselves or the people around us. Hey, before we continue the conversation, I want to take a short break to tell you about my midweek momentum newsletter. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. You're looking forward to what lies ahead. And then the week starts and maybe something comes up that you weren't expecting or maybe you just get tired from all of the demands that your week places on you. If this is something that you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com and sign up for my midweek momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, you'll receive a short email from me, often based on the podcast guest from the week before, and you'll hear a short quote or thought or inspiration that empowers you to finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll get a free instant preview of the introduction and first chapter of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. I'm not going to spam you. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't like the content, but I think that you're going to find both the information and the newsletter and also the timing of it very helpful. So I would encourage you to go and sign up. Again, you can find all of that information on my website at bradyross.com, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Let's get back to my conversation with Annie. A hundred percent, totally. And I think right. the other thing that you said that kind of stood out to me, you talked about stress being normalized in our world today. I also feel like it's praised in a weird way where, and totally. and I love the that hustle. you, yeah, I love that you brought this topic because this is one that especially in my personal life, I've really been wrestling with lately, this idea of work-life balance. Workaholism is one of those things where, you know, if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever it might be, obviously those are viewed in a very negative light and they should be because they're destructive, but workaholism impacts us in a similar way, but it's praised. You know, if you 
work too much, you get a promotion, you get a raise. And yeah, it's easy to forget that that's very destructive, not just in terms of how it impacts you on the outside, but also how it affects you on the inside affects, you know, your tendencies and the way that you see the world. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the idea of like being available 24 seven and not setting boundaries. You control your boundaries though, but it's something that's like, well, my boss expects to talk to me uh, 24 seven. Well, uh, you pick your job. And I know you say you need health benefits and I know you say you need a job, but you can start looking for another one. Or you can control how you act around your boss. You control the communication. You control if you report them potentially. Um, Now you control that when you're in interviews for your next job, you ask, am I expected to work nights and weekends? Can I leave early for my kids? on Tuesdays, can I take an hour and 15 minute lunch for therapy instead of one hour? Like you have control over those things, but it's convenient to stay a victim. Hmm. It's convenient to blame your parents for why you're like this as an adult. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so right? cool to think about. And it makes me consider, so the podcast is about motivation for everyone, not just the superior people or the especially you know <laughs> gifted or passionate people, but it's yeah. motivation for regular people. And as I hear you talk, I'm reminded of what makes motivation so challenging, in my opinion. And it's this idea that there's always competing motivations in play. You know, I can be motivated to do the hard thing that will have a better long term return, or I can do the thing that is motivating in the short term because it's easier or convenient. Definitely, definitely. And I think what really helps with that is identifying your why and making sure it's strong enough. So for example, some of my clients, um, let's say they're in their like fifties and sixties and their kids are starting to have grandkids. Now they want to get healthy so that they could be there while their grandkids grow up. They want to be able to sit on the floor and play with their grandkids. That's a very specific why. Um, one woman wanted to go to Ireland. So she wanted to make sure that she'd be able to walk and not have to have like a cane. That's a strong why, you know, you're, you're about to spend thousands of dollars to go to another country and life will be a lot, a lot different if you can walk in that country, or if you're going to need a wheelchair, or if you're going to need special assistance the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also why that's exciting is you get the opportunity to explore if that's a one, a strong enough why, or if that's even really important to you. Like hmm. I've had a few clients who say they want to learn another language. And then when we start exploring goals and narrowing it down, they're like, you know what? That's just a thing people say. Like, it just sounds nice to know more than one language. I don't really care about that. And it's like, and, and you've been somewhat stressed out about that for five years because people say it's important to learn a second language. Not that it's not like, that's a beautiful goal, but more of, drop it, drop it. If that's not serving you, if that's stressing you out, you need to move forward. Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. What are some of the other elements from your perspective of a strong why? A strong why, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, at first I thought lie and I was like, oh, we're switching it up. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> I put it on mute before because I've had a cough the past day or two. And so I'm probably still, you know, not sounding hundred percent coherent today. No, you sound great. You sound great. Um, A strong why. A lot of it's uh, family. 
career advancement or physical health. Uh, those are strong whys. I find when kids are involved, that's a big one or uh, a partner wanting to be a better partner, wanting better communication, um, wanting to put in that extra work. Oh, you poor man. Man, poor man. Yeah. My daughter's been sick the past couple of days and you know how it is when you have germs in a house. So yeah, anyways, all, back and forth. <laughs> I'll try to get it together on my end, but I love what you're saying. I love, you know, some of the things that we've hit on so far in this conversation. So when I think about your platform, you know, you are a health coach, you've worked with a lot of people, you are obviously very concerned with the full person and not just, you know, being healthy in one area, but putting all of the other areas down. And so I'm curious, how do you think that, and, you know, I think about the wheel of life with Zig Ziglar, and I had a friend tell me once, like, if one of the spokes on your wheel of life is broken, you have a flat tire and it doesn't turn, but I'm thinking with what you do and helping the whole person, how does success, not just in one area of life, but all areas of life impact the general feeling of motivation that someone has? Yeah, I, that's actually one of the first activities I have clients do. Uh, because sometimes they think they're coming in for a certain thing and then I'm like, do this exercise. Let's just evaluate a 360 view of your life because it would be silly to think that there's not a mind-body connection. So let's just do it. And sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized like, this is actually not the problem. I'll, I'll give an example. So like confidence may be an issue, but they didn't realize that confidence affects like three areas on their, on their like wheel. Um, I don't think I'm answering the question. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I think the question, which it was kind of a broad question, but you know, what's the overlap between whole life success, not just success in one area, but whole life oh. success and then motivation. Um, I think also just, just narrowing down what's actually important to you. So for example, like say, cause sometimes with the, with the wheel of life, they'll ask specific questions under it to help a person like explore that a bit more. And what you may find is like, actually you don't really care about building relationships with your family you don't align with them like ethically morally you don't have the same values but you really value your friendship so it's not a big deal that you scored low on it it's not a big deal that friends are scoring tens and you're scoring a three because that's not even where you want to spend your energy or um I think I keep messing up this question. No, you're good. Hey, the questions to me are less important than hearing just your expertise and what you have to say. So if you don't like my question, throw it out. We'll go no. in the direction you want. I, I love the question. I just don't know why I can't like <laughs> focus. Why, why is it important to have those more even for success, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm drawn to that because that's a big part of my story. You know, my tendency mm -hmm. in a lot of things is to overexpend myself in one area of life and sort of sacrifice the rest in the process. But I'm so attracted to this idea of both personal and professional success. And I think it's because I see few people in the world today that are able to do both well. I see people who are like crushing it in their personal life, but they're not really invested in. And, and when I talk about being invested in work, to me, that's about so much more than making money or having power or influence, but it's about 
helping people. It's about leaving the world as a better place than you found it. And that's what draws me to do the work that I do is it's like, I want to make a meaningful contribution and I want to help people. But I look around the world and I see people often doing one of those things well, but I see few people who are able to truly give their best to both. And it's something that I'm aspiring to do. I'm far from perfect in that area, but to me, that is a big goal. Yeah. And I, and, um, and I totally understand that, like feeling fulfilled in both areas, what, especially that idea of like work-life balance. I don't love the word balance, but I really like the word harmony. How can mm. you do both in, in a way that serves you? Uh, and I think a big thing is when, when teaching people about the idea of balance and how you, it, it, you probably shouldn't like think of it exactly like that is how much time do you want to spend on it? Like, um, if you want a job, uh, if you want a job that's remote, then work backwards. What kind of job can you get remote? Uh, because that means you want, you prioritize staying at home. That's important because your kids will be there or it'll be easier for, um, pick up, drop off. It's important to you, uh, to not travel. And you don't realize that all those little things add up to work and it's making you a bit miserable. So you are trying to avoid it, but then you don't realize, then you feel like not good about yourself. And then you spend time with your family stressed out about work and that's not serving you either. So getting clear on like, but what are my boundaries with work? What are my boundaries with family? And how, am, how can I allow myself to focus on one at a time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I'll wrap us up with this thought. And then I'll give you a chance just to share about where people okay. can find you. But I think what what I'm, you know, hearing as you talk is that we need to be more responsive than reactive. I think so many people just wake up every day without a plan without any sort of intentionality and just react to whatever life throws at them. But what I hear you saying is that we need to be responsive in terms of defining what do we truly want, not just today or tomorrow, but five, 10 years down the road. I've heard it said that we often underestimate what we can accomplish in the short term and overestimate, or no, that's backwards, overestimate what we can do in the I... short term and underestimate what's possible in the long term. And so I'm just thinking about, you know, how much power there is in imagining, like, what do I want life to be like in three years, five years, 10 years? And then, as you said, how do I work backwards so that I can take those steps today to create the life that I want? A hundred percent. Totally. Every business coach that I've worked with that had me set goals was like, okay, like, what's your five-year goal? All right, this is now your two-year goal. How are we going to make this work in two years? because it, it seems so big. Like I work with clients on wanting to buy a house. Okay. You want to do that in three years. What's your credit score that there, you know, do you have cash? Like if you have cash, whatever, but what's your credit score? That's going to take a bit to build. All right. Do you want to get a secure credit card? Because then you can use it for a year or so on and so forth and allowing them to see like buying a house is a big commitment, but if you break it down into chunks, you can totally do this. You want to write a book, you don't have to write a book overnight. You don't even have to write a book in a month. You can, people have done it, but write every day for five minutes. I have a client mm -hmm. writing every day for 10 minutes before bed. Absolutely loving it. Yeah. And if you do that for six months or a year, then you'll have a book easy. And that sounds so much more attainable than the thought of 
writing an entire, you know, two, 300 page book. That's, that's overwhelming, but it doesn't have to totally. be. So it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And that's so empowering even just to hear that. Andy, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you again coming on before we wrap up, just tell us where we can find you and learn more about what you're doing. Uh, probably my, uh, probably my website. So it's my first and last name.com. Um, I'll just spell it real quick. So a N N I E D E L R E.com. I also have a LinkedIn and a Facebook. I don't love social media. If I didn't have a business, I mean, I was off social media for like three or four years. So if I didn't have a business, I would never be on it, but I'm kind of the same way. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Uh, no, no. But like, how do people learn about you unless you're out there? Right. (laughs) Well, the website is good. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes and then people can get in touch with you, learn about, you know, your book, the things that you're doing and they'll be better for it. So Annie, thanks again for your time and for sharing your insight with us. Thank you. This was such a fun conversation. And I think for me, one of the things that I am taking away is this idea that the everyday stress that we feel is often a product of ineffective time management. And that ineffective time management happens when we have an inaccurate or incomplete understanding of our top priorities. And I know that time management is a really popular topic. It's something that a lot of people are thinking about and talking about. And so to reduce time management to a simple tip or a quick fix is probably unrealistic. But I really do believe that if you will spend time thinking about your why, thinking about your number one priority, your purpose, if you will, that's going to enable you to manage your time much more effectively because you'll have a better idea of where you're headed and that understanding, that future-oriented mindset is going to help you say no to certain things and yes to other things and you'll probably still be busy. That's just a product of the world that we live in but if you're saying yes to the right things and no to the wrong things then you'll be busy with things that truly matter. And so that's my encouragement, that's my challenge for you as we wrap up this week is to spend time thinking about what's really important to you, what your why is, and let that be the standard for not only what you say yes to, but also what you say no to. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Please subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen. That's going to help us grow this community and hopefully impact more people who are searching for everyday motivation. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it.